0: For more from our Sex Podcast Collective, visit PleasurePodcasts.com. Welcome back to Private Parts Unknown. A podcast that explores love and sexuality around the world. I'm Courtney Kosak. And I'm Sophia Alexandra. And we're taking Comedians of OnlyFans in a totally new direction this week, privates. It's time for Comedians of OnlyFans Poetry
1: Edition. (laughs) That's right, bitches. I bet you didn't think this was going here. You thought we were just all tits and ass and jokes. Yes, we are all those things, but also, we're deeper. Yes, we're going deeper. Today we're talking to our friend Teresa Lee, who's a comedian, she's an actor, she is a podcaster. Why did I say actor like that? Actor? Who am I? <laughs> Lawrence Olivier? <laughs> yeah. Uh I'm James Lipton now. <laughs> Therese is also a podcaster, though. She is. She has a great podcast called You Can Tell Me Anything. I actually just guessed it on it. Um, she is one of those people that's been using the Quar to dive into sincerity, and she is using her OnlyFans in a different way from the people we've had on the podcast talking about it so far. So we just wanted to let you guys into her world. Here we go. Well, we're so excited to have on the podcast today, the very, very funny and smart and
2: dope Teresa Lee. Welcome. Hello. Oh my God. I'm so excited to do this. Um, This is new territory for me, but I listened to some of the past episodes and I feel like I'm in great company. So I'm honored.
0: Teresa, you're an old hand at this, like you have a confessions podcast. So I feel like a sex podcast Mm. is, you know, just
1: adjacent. Yeah, same territory.
2: Yeah, I yeah, I think it's been super interesting. Because when I first started my podcast, you can tell me anything which Sophia just did an episode of um, it was really like, because I love the feeling of getting things off my chest. Because as a kid with ADHD and complex trauma, I've very much been like, I need to be honest. But like, even if you didn't think I was lying, just in case you think I'm lying. So that's kind of where that came from. Because once I started going to therapy, I was like, Oh, this is a great feeling. But it really has evolved. Like I've learned a lot from my guests. I mean, you know, we all have our biases, I don't think I, I don't claim to have start started from an evil place. But I think Even um, talking to, for example, like people in the poly community or people who grew up in really religious, Mm -hmm. like, you know, teachings, Um, I've learned a lot about the anti-shaming of confessions. So in that way, I think it's like that a lot of people shame sex, but it is, uh, it does cover the spectrum of confessions and they're not all sexual.
1: Yeah, and you are also one of the, like, deepest thinkers that I know in comedy. <laughs> Am I? And I think... Oh, is I good? <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it is. Yes, it's good. It's good.
2: <laughs> it sounds so unfunny.
1: <laughs> no, no, no. You're like, uh, here's a great joke that I just told. Also, let's talk about this singularity right now. <sighs> true. That's true. your vibe, and it's awesome. And that brings me to... Your OnlyFans account, so we've been talking to OnlyFans creators that are comedians for our Comedians of OnlyFans series, but so far everyone we've talked to does something sexual, mm. some sort of level of sex work on OnlyFans, and that is not how you use your OnlyFans, is that right? <laughs>
2: Right. And just to be clear, like, it's not out of, um, you know, a resistance, because that was something I was very aware of. Actually, I spoke with Anya before I made my OnlyFans, you know, great episode. But um, because I wanted to be cognizant of the space, and I didn't want to feel like the punchline was like, oh, I made an, you know, like a, a, a sexy profile. But For me, I'm not in the business of selling that. I've never tried. I don't know how good I'd be, but I feel pretty good at selling, you know, my writing and comedy. And so I was really trying to find alternative forms to explore my non-comedic writing and sort of interests. So that's sort of why I did that. But yeah, it has been interesting because I'm still not quite sure if people are like lying to me about what it's used for. Because... I really don't want to feel like I'm exploiting someone else's platform. And so far, it hasn't felt like that. But yeah, I guess at me, if you think that I misled. Do you want to tell people
1: about some kind, of the kind of stuff <laughs> that you put on your OnlyFans? Because it's so interesting to me.
2: Sure. It's actually, I feel almost more, <laughs> in a weird way, more embarrassing to me. Yeah, I would jokingly call them brain nudes. But They're kind of like the. (laughs) It's like the stuff, especially as a comedian, that you just don't want anyone to know. And there is a reason I hid it for so long. But I think during quarantine, I really realized, like, I really had a not just a want but a need to share, like, the very shadow, dark parts of myself. A lot of it is talking about, you know, past trauma and past experiences that might not be as funny, but are a part of who I am and also have influenced my joke writing. Like I feel that the jokes are the distilled version that I, you know, it's its own format. But then sometimes I write poems and they're not supposed to be good, but you know, there's always a part of writing poems where you're like, I would like to share this, even if, I don't know. I literally a long time ago made a joke that I wanted to create an emotional glory hall where just like Ah. for like queer women (laughs) to just read poetry you know, anonymously and be heard. But when OnlyFans reached out to me, I was like, you know, maybe this would be a really fun way to play with the platform because I don't really want all that on my main because I've been that person who's seen an emotional post from someone I don't know well when I didn't want it. And I don't actually judge them, but you know, you do. You're like, oh, And (laughs) I didn't want that. And that's my ego. But I was like, if someone's paying for this, I will feel so much more comfortable knowing they want to read it versus like, oh, they signed up for my jokes and have to read my poems, you know? So OnlyFans actually reached out to you? Yes. So OnlyFans reached out to me. And I think they did reach out to quite a few comedians as well, because I think they searched who was making jokes about it. And I had written something like it'd be fun to make it only fans for wholesome content and I was sort of calling myself out because I never thought of myself as wholesome not that I don't think I'm wholesome but that's not how I would have branded myself but um last year in the like Spotify roundup, someone tagged me in like their top podcast and it was a lot of my friends other podcasts and they all had like you know signifiers and mine was just like wholesome and I was like what I'm, I'm wholesome <laughs> like So then I kind of started me on this like, joking, embracing of being wholesome, kind of being like, is this my thing? So is there a way I can monetize? But at the same time, knowing that it's not really funny to constantly, I don't know, this is where my insecurities, you can tell I haven't quite grappled with, which is why I love OnlyFans. It gives me a chance to explore that side. But yeah, one of their recruiters messaged me about starting a site. And I really had only heard of it from um sex work and so i was like oh I, I don't know if like you're looking for my content but then she explained like we're actually trying to branch out and include more creators we have like chefs doing cooking channels we have like photographers doing bts and we love like getting more comedians um now being the skeptical person i am i reached out to my friends who are on only fans cuz i was like is this true i've heard that you know there's some controversy are they trying to push you guys out cuz i didn't want it to feel like that so i went in Like we had a talk, me and the recruiter, where I asked about that, and she said that like they're in different categories, you're not like competing against them. So I I find that to be true. I don't think anyone who's looking for sex work will sign up for my profile and then not sign up for like, you know, I don't think we're in direct competition. So I don't feel No, you either want to
1: jerk off or you are there to talk about robots you know what I mean yeah
2: I think the
0: initial premise of OnlyFans was for like YouTubers and other mainstream creators to have their fans have a place to follow them so it doesn't seem like you're pushing anyone off but side note do you have a stripper pole in the background when you're oh. just telling us about how wholesome yeah, yeah, <laughs> how wholesome people have dubbed your content that's so funny that's why
2: I think <laughs> it's funny because I don't brand myself I definitely don't consider myself a dirty comic but I don't censor myself so I think that's why I've heard uh, people say I'm wholesome I don't know you guys can tell me what you think I genuinely just think I try to experience the world and laugh at it and wherever you fall on the spectrum like I think maybe it depends on people's preconceived notions like I would say more women tend to align with my point of view in a way that's like or like marginalized groups in a way that may, might feel wholesome whereas maybe someone with a very different view like a straight white guy who grew up very different than me might find it more funny because of their preconceived notions which either way like fine laugh at me and take my money or give me money <laughs> I'll take your money <laughs> <laughs> ah, Freudian slip. but yeah like so they for example they might laugh if I'm making a joke about a true experience I had in a threesome that is about love but they might think oh I'm like spinning what they think a threesome is about but I think as long as it's truthful you're like finding ways to connect so yeah I do yeah. I like to dance and I have a, a fitness pole I'm not a stripper because I don't have the skills but I used to go-go dance so yeah it's, I, I've been a dancer for a long time and I love that I've always enjoyed dancing and being watched but I've never gotten good enough to like professionally perform
0: so the exhibitionism thing, were you at all tempted to make a more explicit OnlyFans?
2: Um, the reason I don't I'm not saying I'm close off to it, but the I, I kinda feel like it's like when improvisers suddenly start doing stand-up and I used to be an improviser, no knock against them as a category, but like you have to then, you know, put in the time to do stand-up. So yeah, I had started in improv and when I started doing stand-up, I started from the bottom, did the mics. I didn't, you know. Book myself on shows. But you sometimes see that with, you know, tangential like fields. And I feel like a comedian getting into OnlyFans for sex content with no prior experience or any credibility, just as a way to be like, yeah, but you like how I look, let me use my clout, feels like an improviser getting into stand up. And that might be my ego, but I just like, I don't want, I don't know. It's like,
1: it's like, you don't want to be a dilettante in a space of people who are professional.
2: Yeah. I think I'd have to like go back to school for it. You know, whatever that means, like start from the bottom there. I don't think I would transfer where I am in comedy to only And yeah. So it's like, it would be a totally new field. And I do enjoy putting my butt on Instagram, which is why I get like, sometimes people get confused and will message and be like, how come there's no, butt? But I'm like, because I want to put it on Instagram, I want everyone to see my butt. I don't want it behind a paywall, but I don't want my poems seen by everyone. So maybe I have a weird point of view, but I think what I want to hide is behind the paywall. And mm-hmm.
0: what I want to show
2: is not. And I like to show my butt. And I don't know if that's different than how you feel about your butt, that's fine. You, you could put your butt behind a paywall.
1: Yeah, but what you're saying essentially makes so much sense because it's outside of the categories of what's dirty and what's not dirty. And like what we've considered dirty based on our puritanical society is sex. And you're saying, well, dirty, intimate, all of that are really like nebulous things that we just give our power to. And truthfully, I would be a lot more mortified if someone read my journal than if they saw my tits. So yeah, (laughs) I'm with you. It's totally, it's what you designate as intimate. And I think another thing, another good point that you brought up is, you know, what is considered to be a dirty comedian when you're a woman and what's considered to be a dirty comic when you're a man. All guys we know do dick jokes. No one will ever say that they're a dirty comedian because of that.
2: Mm -hmm. Your material
1: would have to be significantly sex oriented for someone to call you a dirty male comedian. Whereas for me, I have one joke about sperm dripping out of me and now I am a dirty comedian. And the joke is just about the biology of sex, how men get to splooge and leave And for us, literally hours later, Ah. we're still connected to that sex act. So in no way do I think that joke is dirty. Yeah. But when someone sees me do it, they're like, oh, my God, you're a dirty sexual comedian. No, I just told you what it's like for me after
2: (laughs) sex. How is that dirty? You were just telling the truth. Yes. You know what? I think that because it's interesting. I've never thought about it in these terms because I, I think it would be naive of me not to say that a lot of people associate only fans of sex work so i'm not trying to discount that um so of course if i'm going to make the comparison i actually find that wall people put up to be really interesting because i think some people who have shame about sex might call that dirty because it's on the other side of a wall they don't want to talk about like female sexuality whereas if you're a woman and you're having sex like it would be weird to put a wall up because The other side of that, the implication is that they aren't autonomous or enjoying it, which I find to be way more troubling. So I don't think it's men that they think that consciously, but if they were to stop and question themselves, like, why do I think Mm -hmm. women talking about sexuality bothers me? They're kind of saying, like, oh, well, if it bothers me, then the flip side is that they don't enjoy it. And that's even worse. So I feel for me, like OnlyFans, when I use it to hide those parts that I put walls up around, like my sincerity and my, like, emotions I hide that from my comedy and I do have walls up and I've since quarantine gotten way more open like this is not how I was at all before but I like will sometimes read poems to my boyfriend that I've written which is ah cringe (laughs) (laughs) so cringe but it's also like I do it because I'm like whatever this is for me and you know I think it's nice but I still have to then like add on like okay now say something mean or whatever because it's like I have these walls so for me doing an OnlyFans where people pay for my bad poetry is like a way for me to normalize my emotions and feel confident about having them because even if I hide them they still exist and I just don't like it's like having a whole phone just for dick pics it's like you still feel that it's there so I have that but with iPhone notes and poems you know (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Sophia,
0: how are those resolutions coming? I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> okay, so not so good. But Sophia, it's not too late to turn your resolutions into reality in 2021. I have the perfect thing.
1: Oh, God, please help me. I just had a whole cake for breakfast. <laughs>
0: No, Sophia, you need Sakara. Sakara is a wellness company rooted in the transformative
1: power of plant-based food. That's awesome. One of my resolutions was to eat less meat. Well,
0: then Sakara is perfect because their organic, ready-to-eat meals are made with powerful, plant-rich ingredients, and they're designed to boost your energy, improve your digestion, and get your skin glowing.
1: Okay, that's another resolution to get my skin right. Then you need
0: Sakara. plus their menu of creative, chef-crafted breakfasts, lunches, and dinners changes weekly so you'll never get bored. And it's delivered fresh, anywhere in the U.S.
1: Awesome! And I just looked it up, it looks like Saqqara has received rave reviews from Vogue, the New York Times, and many more.
0: That's right, and along with delicious, plant-rich meals, Sakara also offers daily wellness essentials for optimal nutrition. Sakara's supplement packs called The Foundation and their Metabolism Super Powder deliver support for gut health, energy, immunity, and healthy skin. And on top of all that, right now, Sakara is offering our listeners 20% off their first order when they go to Sakara.com slash private or enter code private at
1: checkout. Ooh, I'm going to sign up. So that's sakara. S-A-Q-A-R-A dot slash private and i'm going to get that sweet 20% off, honey.
0: That's right, 20% off your first order at sakara.com/private. I love how respectful you are, you know, trying to be in conscious of like yourself in relation to legit sex workers. Uh-huh. But A lot of the comedians that we've talked to in this series got into OnlyFans for financial reasons during the pandemic. And like not everybody. I mean, it's dope that you can monetize your poetry, but like, you know, there's not a huge market for poetry in the way that there is for tits and ass.
2: But I don't know if that's true. I want to normalize it. I mean, I don't know. But like I, I would ask a lot of the hotties showing their boobs on OnlyFans, would they feel comfortable reading a letter they wrote to their narcissist and group therapy. I'm not saying that they need to or that people want it, but I don't know that it's easier to post that than it is to post your boobs. No,
0: no, no. I'm not saying it's easier for the creator, but I'm saying there's probably more of a market for buyers of Hmm. tits and ass. (laughs) But I guess my question is like during the pandemic, How much has your income been affected?
2: And did that play a role in your
0: decision-making with OnlyFans at all? Well, to be
2: honest, I wasn't like making a glorious amount of money before this. But I uh, (laughs) I literally (laughs) just lost my job for reasons I can't get into that. I think for the best morally, from my point of view, um, this week. So I am thinking... Oh my God, sorry. It's okay, thank you. But I think before that, I was experimenting because I had a day job, but no, you know, like I had to cancel tours just like every other stand-up. Mm-hmm. And I was sort of on the cusp of maybe being able to make more money doing stand-up. So because I didn't have that established routine, I think I felt more open to exploring uh, other methods of income. So for me, yeah, OnlyVans was interesting because I've had Patreon before, but it never took off in that way. And it felt like always kind of not very intuitive and it just didn't really flow with my whatever I wanted to do that well. But OnlyFans, I like that it's pretty much I can make videos, write essays, and I can share them to people who want to see them who feel like there's value, which is a lot nicer than posting, you know, a video you spend hours making on YouTube. And then like, if nobody watches it, then not only do you feel devalued, but you feel like kind of, I don't know, there's just a lot of, a lot of baggage that comes with that. Yeah. You feel kind of stupid. <laughs> yeah. Especially when you're trying new things. Like I, I know my comedy and my comedy clothes, but I'm trying new things and I don't have open mics. So if someone went to my YouTube and they saw like five shitty videos and one comedy video, they might think I'm not very polished, but only fans, I can play around and do stuff like that because people who want to see it it's worth something. I'm not like sending them shit. Like I spend time and I work on it, but it's not as tried and true as my comedy. And that way it doesn't dilute, I think my online comedy career, which is what I'm still trying to get taken off or like, I'm still trying. I'm still trying to be a comedian, you guys. Okay. That's, I guess we all are. (laughs) (laughs) This is the first thing I posted. So when I used to work at Cracked, I wrote an essay right after the Twenty sixteen election that was like one of their highest uh, viewed articles. And and I got a lot of hate for it because I was like one of the only full-time people of color there at the time. And I didn't come up with the title, which most writers don't, but the title was, I'll tell you guys, disclaimer, I did not come up with it, was Dear White Friends, Stop Saying Everything's Going to Be Okay. But Mm -hmm. I, I had a lot of people reach out to me after like who connected to the content. So I wrote another I wanted to write another one right before like kind of when we went into the pandemic first and i was feeling a lot of that sort of energy of like revolutionary change happening i wanted to write one called trust yourself and i tried to pitch it to a few people i mean i'm not very plugged in that way and couldn't really get any takers um so then i just wrote it and then when OnlyFans fans reached out to me i had was already considering just putting it out like on like Twitter. So then I thought, oh, that might be a great way to get like some money for this thing I spent all this time researching and writing and also for people to actually read it because if you pay for it, you're going to read it as opposed to like, oh, I like her, I'll read it later. Mm-hmm. So, that was the first thing I posted was I read that live and I edited it into a video called Trust Yourself, which I am still really proud of. So, I want to do more stuff like that, you know, I'd love to get a TV show and just get paid that way. But right now it's like the easiest way for me to directly connect to people who are like, Hey, I want to see your stuff. I'll pay for it. And even if they don't read it, then I'm like, well, I guess you're supporting me. So it. you okay. got the money.
0: Yeah. 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 It's so frustrating sometimes like the ideas that you have the deepest connection with are the hardest to pitch and find a home for. So it sounds awesome to have a place to put content like that. I've never had a Patreon, but that sounds dope.
1: Thanks. Yeah, I'm considering starting one and it's for the very same reasons that you're saying, like you just want to connect to people and to try new things and you don't want it to necessarily be like a comedy machine because like we do that elsewhere
2: yeah i've actually specifically so people when they sign up they get a welcome message and it specifically says i'm not doing stand-up here because i don't want them to feel like they're getting extra stand-up because i don't if i make something i'm proud of for stand-up i don't mind it being out there and i'm proud of the stuff here but i think there's a more niche audience so i think it's for people who are like oh i like your stuff so much i want more of you which is kind of the same as like uh, a lot of sex work but they want more like physical and visual of you Mm -hmm. whereas i'm like You want more of how my brain works and how I think and like the explanations behind some of the weird stuff I say. So to me, it hits a similar note. The other thing I didn't bring up but I think is important is like you were talking about sort of the shame around sex, but I think there's also a lot of censorship around the topics I talk about. So I do like that it feels safer. The right audience who wants it, hopefully, Mm -hmm. will be there. I guess if you pay to troll me, fine, but... It's a little safer for me to talk about trauma, you know, and sometimes things like sexual trauma or like, you know, abusive relationships or even um, sharing my, you know, like grief and loss and that sort of thing. It feels like a safer place to share that when it's not like my enemies like hate scrolling, you know.
0: Yeah, totally. So what has the response been? What do you charge, first of all, <laughs> if you don't mind us asking? And then like how many subs and what what
2: are their reactions to the content? Sure. I feel like I charge way too little now, but I already I didn't cuz I didn't know how to look up other people's profiles, so I had no idea. So I just charged a minimum. I charge 5.25 a month, but I like made a bunch of free months so that pretty much you can just get it for free if you want it. And it's fun because like then I out of every month I get 420 which I'm like eh because that's the cut you get but uh no it's been a good response I it's funny I listened to the past episodes and I this is probably a mistake I made that I didn't realize is I was so excited that I was the only Teresa Lee and they're like oh you're gonna be the first Teresa Lee we'll verify you and I was like yes but then it seems like people don't use their real name (laughs) so I'm like oh uh, but I'm like, I've never been the only Teresa Lee. I mean, Teresa Lee's so common. There's no, I don't have Teresa Lee as a handle on Instagram or Twitter. And the fact that OnlyFans was going to let me have the first Teresa Lee, I was like, yes, this is amazing. But I guess that I was deceived because I think nobody really uses their real name. But.
1: but that's only because they're trying to protect themselves from like people from their straight vanilla life <laughs> leading into their sex work life. I don't yeah. think it's the same thing. If people looked up Teresa Lee and it was you and they like found your poems, they'd be like, well, we can't hire her now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If I was
0: doing my writing, I have an OnlyFans. If I was doing writing stuff or whatever, I would probably use my real name. But I do Coco Peep Show just oh, so fun. that like if I'm trying to get hired for something or whatever and they're Googling me, they're not like, oh, top search results, her only fans great
2: (laughs) i almost feel like they might not want to hire me after they. i did 14 days of love poems for uh valentine's day because i like so i did a poem a day and a lot of them are old ones i wrote like three new ones and then i did a lot of like old ones from past lives and i don't want any of my employers seeing that shit (laughs) (laughs)
0: that's the beauty of the paywall though I love the paywall because it like just forces people to make a decision with their credit card and I just feel like that's so necessary just to weed out everyone
2: yeah and it's been nice to be able to talk to people like I have I don't have the kind of following yet where I'm like if I go live like I might get like three people joining but um last night i did a live reading of naughty letters from james joyce to his girlfriend nora barnacle and that was really fun but you know it was like three people join and we just kind of talked about it and i like that stuff like i'd love to get to a point where there's a lucrative niche for that but I'm not sure it ever will exist, to be honest. And it's also stuff that I like enough that whenever I tweet about like absurd plays or the singularity, I'll get like the same two people faving it, but then nobody else. So that's what I love about OnlyFans. It's like, yeah, this is for those people who like get this part of my brain, but I'll like keep it off the main, you know. Hey,
1: Cokes, you ever been with a guy who will not have sex with you or eat you out on your period because he doesn't like it when things look like a crime scene?
0: Yes, not everybody is down with period sex. That sucks.
1: Yeah, it's hella stupid because I love it when we paint the walls. You know what I mean? But if you're not (laughs) into it, we have a great idea for you. It is called laurels. Cokes, tell them about it.
0: Oh my god, I love laurels. Laurels are single-use, natural latex panties, and they're designed to be worn during oral sex and rimming. Which, if you know me, you know I love rimming. (laughs) I think we all know that. (laughs) Yeah, what's awesome is laurels are ultra-thin, so you feel every little thing. Plus the super stretchy latex is easy on your partner's tongue and allows for tongue and finger penetration, even simultaneously.
2: Ow! Ow.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And also, let's face it, there's something super sexy about wearing latex and being touched when you're wearing latex. So I am pretty into it. And I like that they come in two styles, shorties for fuller coverage or bikinis if you want to like show a little more cheek. That's kind of my game and i really like the laurels are like pretty private because they're individually packaged and little pocket-sized things so you can just stick one in your purse or pocket and just be ready for that rim job
0: i know they're perfect on the go they're the world's first oral sex panties and they give you the power
1: to love oral always and for listeners of our show laurels is giving 15 percent off your first order today at mylaurels.com that's m-y-l-o MyLaurels.com using code private.
0: That's right. You can get fifteen percent off your first Laurels purchase today at MyLaurels.com. That's m y l o r a l s.com Use code private. Get rimmed. Have that period sex. Get out there, privates. Ow! How many subscribers do you have?
2: It's a little over a hundred. It kind of like goes up and down because oh. not everyone's renewed. Mm-hmm. That's great. I've been on it for a, mo- uh, a little over a month now. Or I started at the end of December, so I guess two months, yeah.
1: So that's pretty amazing. I mean, a lot of people want to connect. I think it's also a good time to start something like this because with the pandemic, a lot of people are really, like, lonely and looking to have these kind of intimate connections and conversations. So I think it's, it's really dope that you started it, and I'm really glad that it's uh. working. Oh, thanks. Is the way you're approaching it kind of more organic where like with a stand-up career, you kind of have to more or less be really plan you know, if you're like, oh, I'm going to hit up this many mics or, oh, if I'm going to schedule a tour for this time, I have to line up my dates and what shows am I doing in between and whatever. Do you feel like your OnlyFans is where you get to be creative, like outside of that kind of thing?
2: Yeah. I mean, in terms of scheduling, I do want to make sure I'm creating value for, you know, for anyone who's paying for it so i do have scheduled content i try to do I, i've been kind of like i have a kind of different levels of content that I do. like the feature essays those ones take me longer to write they're like kind mm-hmm. of like op-eds um i try to do like one or two feature things a month and then i'll have i have a series called emotional glory hole which is poems or like little notes or like the dear narcissist letter you know that sort of thing those are like sort of maybe more emotional energy but they're not as complicated because I'm not doing research. And then I have old school, which I want to do more live readings of, which is like reading old school work. I love that. <laughs> Thanks. And then big data energy, which is where I talk about singularity and space. Those ones, the big data energy is really what I want to focus more on, but they're getting so overwhelming for me and my mind because every time I start writing one, I have a new idea. So the one I just shot that I'm going to edit and try to put out soon is the equation for time. And I try to explain how, you can quantum jump from uh, understanding where you started in your past. But as you can, I see your eyes drifting away, uh, as you can imagine. No, they're not. No, I'm, I'm actually it. like, I'm very into more. it. I yeah. Say, as you can imagine, <laughs> when I get too excited, it's hard to understand. So I've been really trying to like break it down in morsels. So the one, the one I just did is a very, very like simple one where I just described What it means to have like a fundamental truth that differs from someone in your community, but then share a lot of secondary truths, which is how most people are, you know, but how you can actually believe that the world you see is right, even though both the world you see is right. And so there's a lot of stuff like that I would love to get more into, but I do try to schedule it out. Uh, So far... I mean, it's been okay. We'll see how it goes.
1: And I think like you're still finding your people because what you're doing is pretty novel and it's also not been that long. So I think once the people that are into this shit find you, you're going to have like a blow up of like the little singularity (laughs) club for sure.
0: That would be fun. Yeah. Yeah, no, I love how philosophical all this shit is. Like it sounds fascinating. We'll probably be your next subs. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So... You you, We talked a little bit about your podcast. You can tell me anything. So since this is a sex and relationship podcast, I was just wondering if you had a confession or a secret that you would want to share with us. Oh, (laughs) not. It doesn't have to be about OnlyFans.
2: Sure. I love sharing confessions. That's why it's so hard for me to find any, because I tell people all my secrets. (laughs) But this one, okay, this one is an interesting one. Just last week, I feel like TikTok – I'm on TikTok, by the way. Larissa T., if you guys want to follow me. But – TikTok is funny to me because I feel like the For You page is like a reflection of your subconscious. I don't know if you guys have this experience, but when I first got on it, it was like just sending me, lesbian TikTok. That's not good for me. <laughs> well, I think it's good if you get to know yourself. It's bad if you're like hiding something from yourself. For example, was, I was—I didn't put my sexuality on it yet when I first joined and it knew that I liked women. I'm bisexual, mm-hmm. but it was like, put me immediately into lesbian TikTok, which I could see someone who is closeted or hiding from that might be like, Oh, let me put this away. I don't want to look at this. And then now it gives me a ton of witch talk, astral projection, occult stuff, which I don't search for. I enjoy talking about that stuff with my friends, but I really like to stay grounded because my brain is so off in outer space that when I only get that stuff and only am in an echo chamber of like kooky alien theories, I, it makes me uncomfortable. So I'm only prefacing this because one of the things I did glean from Witch Talk is something called shadow work. Have you guys ever heard of that? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I'm maybe like butchering it and I'm not a part of Witch Talk, but I'm going to use that term right now. But Mm -hmm. this weekend I decided to do some shadow work and the way they describe it is like basically just kind of like addressing the dark parts of yourself and flaws and like figuring out where you're lying or where you're just sort of, you know, where you're in indis- uh, discrepancies are. Where you're hiding from yourself kind of. Right? Yeah. So I did this because I lost my job on Tuesday, but uh, this weekend I was like, I've been having a lot of issues with stuff like my work anyways, basically with the way that they've not been um, acting as they say, like they'll say one thing and do another. Mm-hmm. And then there's a lot of performative like woke us mm-hmm. and then stuff. But it made me realize, okay, well, if they have shortcomings, I don't think their intention is to hurt me, even if it feels like it is like, there must be a reason that makes them feel safe that they're doing this. And then it made me think like, well, what am I doing that I don't see? So that part's hard, but I took some time to do shadow work and just write down pretty much like all of the things that I feel I've like maybe fudge to myself like that you tell yourself over and over like oh I'm not you know I'm not moving across country for a boy or whatever things like mm-hmm. that um, but even though you know it's true so I wrote all them down and then I it felt so good and then I wrote a bunch down from past relationships and read them to my boyfriend I feel so bad for him that he has to here because I was like can I read it to you and he's like oh god sure but like this is intense but I'm like yeah but this will help us so he's like okay so the one that I wanted to share is I feel like was hard for me I admit but it's true uh, because the way I did this too is you write down your sort of your lies, but you don't justify them with others. So anytime I found myself wanting to be like, I did this, but this person did this, which made, I like, cut it out. I like, no, no, no. Because you can't control that, right? Mm-hmm. So I wrote, one of the things my boss had accused me of for a while was, and this is not related to discrimination, but they did just, they're like, I feel like you don't respect me. And I remember feeling like they were saying that as an excuse, but then so I would be like, I respect you. But then I wrote down the truth, which is I don't Respect you because I've seen you lie and be incompetent and take advantage of others. So I don't respect you because if I did, I would have actually confronted you about it with the belief you could change. And it wasn't until I felt so cornered and sort of like abused that I had to bring it up. But if I had just witnessed a little bit of it and felt like I could take it, I may not have ever said anything, which is actually a form of disrespect because when I think about the people in my life that I respect, like, you know, my family, my boyfriend, my best friends, if they disrespected me in a way, I would want them to know because I believe that they would want to fix it. So Mm -hmm. that made me realize. And also like literally my boss, when we were coworkers together before it, People got promoted or whatever. I remember he would like fall asleep in the area and like I'd cover for him and he'd like, I'd find him with his shoes off. So I wrote that down. I was like, I actually don't respect you because I remember seeing you like this. But also, I must have not respected my job enough because I didn't report you. Because I, in my head, I was like, I'm not a narc. But if this was like my show, you know, like if I sold a pilot and I caught someone sleeping on the job like that, I would have been bothered. So that moment made me realize, okay, I wasn't as bothered by this guy slacking off. And it wasn't until he was a hypocrite that it bothered me. So that's my confession. (laughs) That's such a good fucking exercise.
1: Yeah. And that was really deep. I was like, went on that journey with you. I was like, damn, okay.
2: (laughs) Well, part because I really like, you know, I still have a lot of uh, thoughts and feelings and, you know, a bit of anger towards them because I feel that there's a lot of mistakes made. But the best thing I can do for my next relationship is to understand where I was short, even mm-hmm. if it's not the full reason, then I can meet someone who is respectful and I can respect them back, you know.
1: Oh, that's that's great. beautiful.
2: <laughs> <laughs> right.
0: Well, we have one final question that we've been asking everyone for this series. Sure. So what is your advice? for how to be a good fan or sub on OnlyFans, which I'm very curious to hear yours and how it differs from maybe the sex work version.
2: Oh, sure. First of all, I'm both a sub and a dom. So, you know, no, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I, I call my fans confidants now because my podcast listeners, I call them that, but I moved from basically all my podcast supporters. I used to do PayPal. I have just told them all to join OnlyFans. So I call them confidants. But to be a good confidant, I think just be authentic. Because I, like, every once in a while I will get, like, kind of creepy messages. But you get that on all social media where they'll say, mm-hmm. like, it's, like, not their real voice, you know. It's, like, like hey, sexy, like, let me see that leg. And you're, like, you don't talk like this. like. But I've also had people who are, like, oh, like, I'm all down for the, you know, singular views. I'm just curious, like, is this? And they're just genuinely, like, confused or, like, are you posting like pictures that to me is authentic question and vulnerable and i'm not like, oh god you know i'm like oh yeah i'll mm-hmm. answer you so i think if you're authentic and you just remember that you're a person and the people you talk to are people then it's fine we're all you know human we may have disagreements on how we approach the world but i think the goal is to find harmony not to like yell at each other amen
0: that's awesome. Where can people find you on the internet aside from your OnlyFans?
2: <laughs> and do
0: you have the Teresa Lee handle on OnlyFans? I you do. did wind up getting that?
2: I have it. I'm verified. Uh, I'm very proud of being the only Teresa Lee on OnlyFans. I wasn't even the only you know, person born out of my mom's you know, womb because I have a twin. So truly iconic for me to have that. <laughs> <laughs> Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Larissa T, but I'm editing a concert album that I did over Zoom on New Year's Eve, every joke I wrote in 2020. So I'm going to release that probably just like self-publish on Spotify or something. Cause it's not like, you know, it is a concert album. It's recorded on Zoom, but it's an hour of material that I wrote in 2020. So look out for that. That's Um, so fun. Thanks. Yeah. I'm excited. It's like kind of experimenting with new things. So we'll see how it goes. But if you like, You know, if you want to hear more jokes, there's jokes there. So,
1: Hell yeah.
0: Dope. Thank you so much. This has been amazing.
1: Thanks so much for doing the pod. Thank you for having me. This is so fun.
0: Oh, that was amazing. And everybody needs to check out Sophia's episode, on Teresa Lee's podcast because what did you talk about Soph?
1: Uh, I talked about my infertility stuff for the first time like kind of publicly it's actually not as downer as it sounds if you can like think of like a funny conversation about miscarriage (laughs) that's what you're gonna get (laughs) I deliver unlike my surrogates oh that got dark (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> See, I can make anything funny, right? She <laughs> cried. <laughs>
0: we are going to be diving deeper into Soph's story more on this podcast, but everyone should head on over to You Can Tell Me Anything, Teresa Lee's podcast, and check that out. And we have more fun stuff coming up on this podcast. What's coming up, Soph?
1: Yeah, we swear, nothing bummer. Just like old people <laughs> fucking on ecstasy, sex robots, <laughs> just the best stuff. Stuff, truly
0: swingers in a pandemic it's gonna yes, be yes baby a wild fun time so make sure you stay tuned hey sophia what's that bomb ass music
1: this music is by our friend amy rosh you should check her out on spotify her last name's r-a-a-s-c-h
0: this episode was mixed by mike castaneda from plastic audio we
1: love
0: you mama mike,
1: mike.
0: And now it's time for
1: the review of the week.
0: You guys, we really need more ratings and reviews and we would love to hear from you. So if you can head on over to ratethispodcast.com slash private, let us know what you love about the show. We know you're listening. So
1: holler. (laughs) Come on, talk to us. And you can find us on our socials. You can talk to us on Instagram at Private Parts Unknown. You can talk to us on Twitter at Private Parts Un. And if you want to find us separately, I am at TheSofia, S-O-F-I-Y-A on Twitter and Instagram.
0: I am at Courtney Kosak. My last name is K-O-C-A-K on all the platforms. You guys, we want to keep the conversation going after the show.
1: Yes. Find
0: us. Check you guys next time. Bye.